Hello everyone, I'm Anna and you're listening to Polytainment for Change. Here we talk about the connection between popular culture and politics. From Black Panther to cute cats, from pop culture icons to political icons. How can pop culture create change, influence opinions and amplify voices in the current political discourse and beyond the 2020 election? How can internet culture be a source for positive political dialogue? To find out more, stay tuned. Polytainment for Change is made possible in cooperation with the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung Washington DC office. Welcome to another episode of the Polytainment for Change podcast. My name is Anna and I'm here today to bring you another topic on the intersection of pop culture and politics. When Kamala Harris stepped in front of the nation and the world, She made history in many ways, not only being the first vice president of Asian descent and the first black person to hold this office, but Kamala Harris was also the first female VP elect, at least in the real world. One of the first people who congratulated her online was actress Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who tweeted, Madam Vice President is no longer a fictional character. People familiar with Julia Louis-Dreyfus know where this is heading. She played Vice President Selena Meyer in the TV show Veep until 2019. While this is not the first case of life imitating art, it raises the question how much representation in popular culture can influence real-life politics. Two groundbreaking movies in regard to representation in the last years were Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians. For those who are not familiar with the story of the movie Black Panther or need to refresh their memories, the storyline goes like this. There will be spoilers, but hey, the movie is from 2018. So if you haven't seen it yet, pause this podcast and watch it. It is really good, I promise. The movie takes place in the broader Marvel Cinematic Universe, also called the MCU, which is a cinematic success with different superheroes' stories woven through several films. Between the first MCU movie in 2008 and the release of Black Panther 10 years later, 17 feature films about Marvel superheroes have been released and all 17 films were headlined by white actors until the late Chadwick Boseman played Black Panther. The movie Black Panther takes place in a fictional, technologically advanced African kingdom named Wakanda, which is hidden from the rest of the world and ruled by King T'Challa. T'Challa is the political leader of Wakanda and the protector of the country as a superhero named Black Panther. The Black Panther has been the protector of Wakanda for generations. A mantle passed from warrior to warrior. At the beginning of the movie, T'Challa himself has just recently become king after his father was murdered. Even though the crown and kingdom are passed down to him, he's challenged to find for it several times. T'Challa's most significant challenger is his own cousin, who has given himself the name Killmonger. Killmonger, in contrast to the African-born and raised T'Challa, was raised in the United States. The former king of Wakanda and T'Challa's father murdered Killmonger's father. Killmonger's father planned to make the technological advantages of Wakanda accessible to black people around the world. All over the planet, our people suffer because they don't have the tools to fight back. With vibranium weapons, they could overthrow every country and Wakanda could rule them all the right way. Killmonger, like his father, wants to use the riches of Wakanda to free black people around the globe from their oppressors after growing up in poverty himself. After all their fighting, before his death, Killmonger creates a change of hearts in T'Challa and T'Challa 
decides to open up the country to the outside world. You are wrong to abandon him. I chose my people. I chose Wakanda. Our future depended you on... You are wrong! All of you are wrong! To turn your backs on the rest of the world! We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. Another movie that has been hailed for its representation was the 2018 movie Crazy Rich Asians. I will not recap it in great detail because then the podcast will take forever, but it's pretty much a boy meets girl meets boy's family story, but way cooler. Another movie recommendation. Even cooler, they had an all-Asian cast as well as an Asian director named John M. Chu. Here he describes the movie with his own words. I got a sign. I heard voices from the sky and um, well, more is like birds. Okay, fine, it was Twitter. And in Twitter, <laughs> it was Constance Wu on Twitter. It was uh, Daniel Day Kim. It was uh, Jenny Yang, who's here today. It's Alan Yang. All these people who were writing their frustrations with representation in Hollywood. And it really hit me. I had thought these things, but never really registered. I was really focused on, 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 I felt lucky to be working. And so then I realized, yeah, what is wrong with Hollywood? Why aren't they doing this? And then I looked at myself in the mirror and realized I am Hollywood. I literally, I'm so Hollywood. I popped my collar before I came out here. That's how Hollywood <laughs> I am. Is it still up? Is it still up? Okay, good. <laughs> And, you know, for all these years, I felt just, I, I've been given so much. So what was I giving back to the film business that I, that I loved? Um, and I felt lucky to be here. But at this moment, I, I realized that I was not just lucky to be here. I, I had the right to be here. No, I earned the right to be here. All those sleepless nights, all those parties I missed on Fridays, every uh, friend and girlfriend I lost because I was editing, I earned the right to be here, not just to have a voice, but to say something and uh, say something important. And I had actually the power the power, the superpower to change things if I really, really wanted to. All those, uh, you know, when you try to tell stories about yourself and people who look like you and look like your family, it can be scary and all those feelings of being alone came back. But the internet is what told me, sent this sign that there was gonna be a whole army waiting for me to support me and to love me for it. And so uh, I found uh, Kevin Kwan's amazing novel, Crazy Rich Asians, and we went to work. And we, we went, put this movie together, the uh, all-Asian cast, the first all-Asian cast in 25 years with a contemporary story. Yeah. While this podcast is not a movie podcast, it is important to understand how representation on screen and politics are connected and movies are influenced by real-life politics. In order to understand the importance of representation of minorities as multi-level protagonists, it needs to be linked back to the politically charged history of on-screen characters. For the longest time, on-screen identities were mostly constructed by white screenwriters and directors, and stories have mostly been told from an angle of a male white protagonist. Like the American legal history is marked by laws that especially targeted minorities, including the segregation regime known as the Jim Crow laws, the movie industry was for centuries defined by the so-called Hays Code, a list of do's and don'ts for filmmakers, which was established in 1930. While it claimed to help filmmakers to avoid government censorship, in reality it was deeply racist. Power structures and entertainment have historically been created by white people and many remain to this day. Entertainment, like films, has a great impact on how we see the world. Think back to the first time you watched a documentary about a city you've never been to. 
It shapes your view on how the city looks and feels until you actually visit it for the first time. For children, movies and TV shows aim to teach them important things in life, like the power of friendship or why it is important to share. Early movies and media produced a negative image and narrative of minorities, especially the movie Birth of a Nation. But still today, when minorities are visible on screen, their actions in movies are limited. Prominent dialogue is often limited to one-liners. A study found out that black people in the performing arts are mostly reduced to background and supporting roles. While this was analyzed in a study way back in 1983 by Stam and Spence, a study of the USC Annenberg found in 2019 that in 1,200 films which were published between 2007 and 2018, almost 64% of characters were white, which according to the study was already an improvement to the years before. The Representation Matters report from the National Research Group further underlines this. According to the report, two in three black Americans say they don't see themselves or their culture reflected in movies and TV shows, and 86% of them say they want to be better represented. As Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Shu describes it. And I all night spent trying to wrangle all the VCRs from my brother and sister's room tangled in wires, and now I had something to show them. So I brought them into the living room one night, it's probably 1991, somewhere around there, and I sit them down in the living room, and I was, my heart was pounding, my breaths were deep, sort of like right now, and um, I pressed play, and something extraordinary happened, actually. They cried and cried. They cried be not because it was the most amazing home video edit ever, although it was pretty good, uh, <laughs> but because they saw our family as a normal family that fit in and belonged on the screen in front of them, just like the movies that they worshipped and the TV shows that they named us after. Now you're gonna say, but Anna, the roles in movies are generally not a reflection of actual people, but carefully envisioned and crafted identities, and the world created in movies is not necessarily reality or truth, but a planned and calculated version of reality that fits the narrative. Agreed, the same can be said about the characters in Crazy Rich Asians and Black Panther. Yet the struggle these characters face and feel are real to those represented. Even though a character is a part of a functional and altered reality, it represents real emotion and feels real to us, the viewer. This is especially visible in the way people grieve the death of Chadwick Boseman, who played the titular character in Black Panther and passed away in 2020. When we heard about his passing, many of us could not put into words what that loss meant. But there's one image that captured the feeling. It was a loss of a king. King T'Challa. Chadwick died on the same day Major League Baseball recognized as Jackie Robinson Day, and on the same day of the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington. At this moment in our country's history, as thousands from all backgrounds protest in a demand for social justice, Chadwick Boseman played an instrumental role in defining the current culture. He's already played some of the greats in black history. Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and then made history as the first black superhero in his own movie. Now to connect and understand the potential of how political influential the new on-screen representation for movies like Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians can be, it is worth noting how psychological empowerment and identity shape political movements. According to a research conducted in 2017 by Livingston and all, 
A high degree of self-awareness of their identity and surroundings can foster people's ability to become activists on a small scale like in church or their community. Taking the lead in their community can then provide them with an even greater awareness and train their skills even when the actions do not right away lead to an improvement of their community's circumstances. Another factor in the studies was activism in relevance to age, as young people are more likely in social change. Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians both have PG-13 ratings, which allows people aged 13 and older to watch it in theaters by themselves. Also, younger children can watch it under parental guidance. Therefore, with providing a revisited identity, catering to the right age group and allowing minorities to envision a different state of being, Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians provide all factors that the Livingston et al. study predict lead to activism. This is especially the case for the more political movie Black Panther. It's stated here by director Ryan Kuchler in an interview. Let's talk about the politics of this film. Look, I, again, I grew up on comic books. Yeah. Uh, I mean, comic book geek from the door. <laughs> but the politics of the superhero genre tend to be very much grade school. I mean, it's good versus evil, mm. the dominating villain versus the freedom-fighting hero. Mm. You took it from grade school to grad school. I mean, you're talking about colonization and slavery and Martin versus Malcolm, and mm. you've got feminist politics in there. How were you able to navigate that? We were working with a studio that was, that was, you know, you know, Marvel Studios led up by Kevin Feige. And it was never, you know, what they're very good at is, 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 is assessing what makes the book special. You know, um, when they want to bring Iron Man to, 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 to the big screen, they think about, you know, what makes Iron Man special? You know what I mean? Like, what makes him, and we're going to dig in on that. Like, uh, and I think what, what, made, what made Panther special is Panther was always political. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was something that Stanley and Jack Kirby made smart business move, they wanted to tap into to the African-American community, you know, and get them involved in the comic book industry. And this character always took political issues head on. I mean, how could he not? You know what I mean, being an being a, a African king in this, you know, in this, in, in this, in this world. Um. Political movements in the past have focused on changing the current projected living conditions of those affected. Even though a lot of advances have been made since the American Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement, especially black Americans still live in a constant state of resistance against the state. This can be seen with the Black Lives Matter movement, which was created in 2013 after the death of an unarmed black teenager who was shot by a white man. To 2014 and 15, the movement managed to gain name recognition through offline presence in the demonstration in Ferguson after the death of Michael Brown. Black Lives Matter also managed to be a part in the online discourse surrounding the deaths of Brown as well as Eric Garner and Freddie Gray, hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag hands up don't shoot, and hashtag I can't breathe, as well as documenting and sharing police violence on social media and organizing protests through online tools. In addition to Black Lives Matter, several other movements have been started since the election of Donald J. Trump as the 45th President of the United States in November 2016. In summer 2020, after George Floyd was killed by police, hashtag Black Lives Matter protests reached an all-time high and erupted all over the country. Furthermore, on the 2nd June 2020, musical professionals joined together for hashtag Blackout Tuesday to raise awareness for Black Lives Matter. The movement was joined by almost 15 million people online from all over the globe. The movies Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians, among others, set out to change the way minorities are represented in Hollywood movies. They showed that stories of minorities can be box office successes and that representation in movies matters beyond entertainment. 
With creating new on-screen identities and enabling representation, the movies have created a Hollywood blockbuster hype and pop culture momentum contributing to the visibility and impact in the broad and seriously political fight for racial justice. Activism and representation are connected. Or, as Crazy Rich Asian director John M. Shu put it, It was like this grassroots uprising of making ourselves news. What an amazing thing to witness. And the swell of support turned into this conversation online between all these Asian Americans where we could actually debate and discuss what stories we wanted to tell, what stories should be told or not, what kind of, uh, uh, are we allowed to make fun of ourselves? How, what's about, what about casting? What are we allowed to do? And we didn't agree, um, and we still don't. But that wasn't, that wasn't the point. The point was the conversation was happening. And this conversation uh, sort of stream became an infrastructure. It took all these different groups that were trying to achieve, achieve the same thing and put us all together in this connective tissue. Um, and again, not perfect, but the start of how we determine our own representation on the big screen. It became more physical when I went to the movie theater. I, I, I'll never forget going opening weekend, and I went into the theater, and it's all not just Asians, all, all types of people, and I go and I sit down, and people, people laughed, people cried, and when I went to the, to the lobby, people stayed. It's like they didn't want to leave. They just hugged each other, high-fived each other, took selfies, they debated it, they laughed about it, all these different things, and, um, you know, I had such an intimate relationship with this movie, but I didn't understand what we were making it, when we were making it, what we were making until it was happening. That, I mean, the only, it was the same thing that my parents felt when they watched our family videos in that living room that day. Seeing us on the screen has a power to it. And the only thing I can describe is, is pride. Thank you for listening to this episode of Polytainment for Change. I hope you gained some great insights. Please share this podcast with friends and family if you enjoyed it. Also, please let me know any feedback you have about the podcast and join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Polytainment for Change. Next week, we will be looking into the future and in which ways politics and pop culture will be influencing each other in the years to come. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Polytainment for Change. And shout out to the Friedrich Ebert Stiftung Washington DC office for making this podcast possible. My name is Anna and I will be back with a new episode next week.